Beast OCR proudly presents BeastNet Podcast, sponsored in part by GH Under's Performance Base Layers and supported by the OCR community. Here we discuss all things OCR related. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everybody, this is uh, Mike with BeastNet. I'm here with Laura Messner. Um, most of you should know who she is. Uh, yeah, so how you doing, Laura? And go ahead and introduce yourself. How's it going, Mike? Um, uh, things are going good here. Uh, just getting ready for a good another winter snowstorm, which hopefully won't be as bad next time. I'm in <laughs> Maine right now, so it's uh, pretty much the snow city up here. <laughs> that's what I've been seeing on the news. It seems to be a lot of nice winter weather up there. Yeah, where are you at? I'm in Seattle, so we're just yeah, kind of right. yeah. middle of the road all the time. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, we yeah, don't get we'll huge heat, huge cold. We just kind of get, we're just here. Yeah. Don't you guys get a lot of rain, though? Yeah, but it's different. I've been on the East Coast, and <laughs> the rain you guys get over there is different than what we get. You guys get, like, that torrential, like, you could flood a city in, like, half an hour type of rain. <laughs> yeah. We just get, like, the drizzly, like, I don't want to leave my house, the couch looks amazing kind of rain. You know what I mean? It yeah, just, fair. It lasts for like three or four days, but it only dumps like half an inch. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Mm. I guess that's a fair trade. <laughs> Not really. I'd rather have the like torrential downpour for 30 minutes and then nice for the next two days. But <laughs> uh, Well, it doesn't go that way either. Well, yeah. I but... mean, it's, <laughs> but yeah, we do get torrential downpours at times. Yeah, we very rarely get the torrential downpours. Most of the time, it's just like a drizzly, nasty ew. So, I don't know any other better way to say that. It's like most people say, like, in, if you live in Washington, we have, like, I think it's 50 different ra- ways of describing rain. Because there's just that much different types of rain here. It's weird. <laughs> I mean, you, you've been to Seattle. Didn't you come up for the Spartan races last year? No, I didn't. I've never been to Seattle, strangely enough. Oh. I've been everywhere else, but Seattle. <laughs> you should come to Seattle. I mean, especially the Spartan races. I have never seen that many different types of mud is it like we had last year it was crazy is that clay mud it was there was clay mud there was like soupy mud there was like the mud that would take a leg off i mean it was just like every type of mud you could think of we had it last year like the oh boy. the whoop de doos before the dunk wall by the end of the race were pretty much like wiped away from the rain they were like flat <laughs> it you was know, like that's what makes the best pictures though all the crazy oh, yeah. mud it's the races that have no mud at all that you're just like, ah, what was this called again? A mud run? Yeah. Well, and that's what <laughs> like was crazy. It was Seattle last year in April was just a complete and utter mud fest. Like to the point that there were people complaining that there was too much mud, which I'm like, that's never a thing. But then in October in the Beast, flat and dry. Dry as a bone. Huh. I'm like, it was like two completely different courses, even though it was the exact same place. Yeah. That's so weird. Places in April that you were in water up to your, you know, up to your chest was completely dry in, in October. Nothing there. Maybe it's like the seasonal stuff. I mean, you know more than I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, uh, you get that. It's weird in Washington like that, where we have like, you know, in the spring, you just, there's too much water. And by October, we're in drought. And it's like, it just mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. It's like one or the other. So. Mm-hmm. I'll choose the mud one then. Yeah. <laughs> So come in April. April is the fun one. So, All right. but if you want an easy beast, I mean, hopefully the Spartans not listening, but if you want an easy beast, come to October because October that is, I've done Hawaii. I've done Montana and Seattle is the easiest beast I've ever done. Yeah. I'm sticking to sprints this year. That's my main focus. So I'll be doing nice. a lot of the sprints and any other ones. I'll, I'll just spectate and watch the people cry. <laughs> so you go through a Jersey burn. Oh Yeah. I was like, because I know I've met you, I've met you personally twice, I think. I met you in Hawaii in 2016. Yeah. And that's when I was Hawaii doing. Was beautiful. Oh, it was. Because that's the race I was doing with the full boot on, boot on my left leg because my foot was broken. Yeah. That's <laughs> not fun. No, no. And then I but think. you know, you make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. I'm like, I, I already paid for it. I'm going. And then I think I met you in yep. Vegas last year. Last year? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So. Like no, I, that was a good muddy one. Oh, yeah. This year was... Did you do it this year? No. Oh, they did it backwards. Oh, really? They completely, like, flipped the I whole course. Did people go through the, the sand pit at the end? Yeah. The sand was the end of it. Ew. 
after you went through that quarter mile of water of the river yeah. going upstream at the end. Ew. Yeah. It, it was brutal. I never, I've never really done that gone like upstream up a river. And now I realize why I don't that, that was the hardest thing on my legs ever. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It was crazy. Oh, oh I'm glad I missed it then. <laughs> <laughs> you would have loved it. So sorry. It's like that thing they call the punishment. Isn't that what they call it when we go out and do this? Punishment? Yeah. Yeah. Punishment <laughs> that we ask for. Yep. Trust me, I've said many times out on that course, I can't believe I paid for this. <laughs> right. Exactly. And we keep coming back for more. But I think it's just like the technology that is rising and rising and rising. It's just we, we get so far off the ground with it that... We want to, you know, feel what it's like to touch ground again, you know, back when people are getting dirty and working hard and uh, just even just playing outside and having fun instead of inside playing video games. Our bodies just crave that outdoor feel and excitement. It's it's true. I mean, I've seen so many times. I see parents nowadays where a kid goes outside and plays in a mud puddle and they lose, like, lose their mind. Like, oh my God, the mud puddle, it's dirty. It's like. I'm pretty much sure I lived in a mud puddle when I was a kid. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, I had a house, but anytime I went outside, I was in a mud puddle. I mean, it was just, that's what you did as a kid. And nowadays it's like, that is the worst thing in the world is to see a kid in a mud puddle. They're like, Oh no. Oh no. It's like, no, they should be in the mud. Yeah, puddle. It develops your, your imagination too. Like I'd go out and play in the woods for hours. Yeah. I was a princess locked away between two trees in a dungeon. You know? <laughs> it's like, Yeah. It's a shame. It is. And I mean, take all your kids outside, everyone. <laughs> exactly. And that, it is. It's true. I mean, it's one of those things that so many people nowadays, I mean, like, you know, kids play video games and watch TV. I mean, you don't need an imagination anymore. You know, it's not like, mm-hmm. like you said, when we were kids, you'd be out in the woods playing around and, you know, you know, you were the, the princess and I would be the guy saving someone. Yeah. So parents, too, it's just, you know, when, when the kids grow up, I mean, they're playing constantly with their phone. I mean, only natural that they do the same thing or any type of screen. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a big part of the parents, too, to be a good role model. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm happy. My, my son did his second Spartan last year, and he's doing both races for me with me in Seattle this year, my 15-year-old. So, it's going to be... That's so cool. It is. It's so, it's so much fun to get him out there. And, I mean, I was so proud because the first one he did, it was without me because that's when I had my broken foot and... uh 2016. So he did one of the races I couldn't. I gave him my registration and transferred it over to him and let him do it. And he, you know, he loved it, but it was hard for me as a parent. Like he got to go enjoy that. And I didn't get to get to see it. So, so last year we did the Portland race together. And now this year we're going to do both Seattle races in April. So awesome. Oh, it is. It's great to see my, my kid out there having as much fun as I could have. So and it inspires me to keep doing it and get better. Uh-huh. So what got you into to mud mud races, Spartan, OCR, all of this stuff? I mean, what kind of got, what inspired you to do it? I know everyone's got some story. Usually it starts off with a friend convincing him to do it and then the friend never showing up. But <laughs> right. right. Well, I was originally supposed to do a Tough Mudder with a group of people from the gym that I went to and... I then moved before the event happened, so I, I kind of just exited. it. I was modeling full-time at, at that point, back in 2012, mm-hmm. and um, and then one day, a, a friend of mine, you know, like you said, the friend's bailing, a bunch of his friends bailed on him, so he reached out to me, and this was three days before the race, and he's like, hey, do you want to sign up to do a third race and name for your math with me, and I was like, sure, and of course, the only available time was the last heat on a Sunday, so I was like, <laughs> okay, well, I'll just sign up for this one, um, and it was it was such a, like, a surreal moment, because the rain had held off all day long, and the second we all lined up for my season, the last heat, it just starts downpouring, there you go, you're going to downpour, and of course, you Standing there and I being, you know, the model and wanting to be perfect all the time. All of a sudden, my makeup starts, like, running and all this. So, 
um, when we went off and started running the course, it was the first time that I'd ever done anything where I didn't care about what other people, because if people weren't around to you know, judge me or see how I was doing or making sure that I was running fast enough, you know, it was solely myself pushing myself to, uh, to whatever limit I had for that day. Yeah. And um, it was different for me because usually being that model and my mentality at that time was, you know, tell me what to do. Tell me what, tell me what I need to do to make it perfect or whatever. And it, I didn't have that feeling. And I had makeup down my face, you know, bugs all over me, you know, soaking when I covered in mud, dirt. And um, it was a freeing moment for me and just remembering that feeling that I had going through the course it stuck with me afterwards I wanted to go through it again but um, of course then I looked for the next one because I wanted to do a trifecta within that year and I successfully did it um, good job but yeah it was one of those things it was like I I have something that I can finally do for me so I can prove to myself that I can because a lot of my life was, I was living in fear constantly and uh, that fear would restrict me from doing a lot of the things that I knew deep down I could do Um, so being able to to push myself um, and challenge myself it it, uh, I I guess released this whole new side of me to, to better myself, to want to push forward. And not only that, but as I kept going to these events, you would see the same people running all, basically yeah. all of them, and especially in the elite field. And so when I was able to grow more friendship, I mean, that's another thing that I never had, well, not really, um, in the modeling world. I mean, it yeah. was basically all the people that I worked with that I became friends with, but I didn't have any true friends that would call me out on my BS and tell me when I was doing something that didn't seem like me. Yeah. Um, so when I, when I joined OCR and, you know, all these wonderful people accepted me, um, they kind of just woke me up from this, uh, dreamlike state that I was in in the fantasy world of modeling and singing and all that and they they showed me who I am again yeah. and kind of you know like you know I was up in technology world in the cloud and they pulled me back down to the dirt and I couldn't be more thankful for them so if any of you are listening anybody that has you know been a part of my journey um, thank you but um, yeah I I have grown tremendously. I mean, before OCR, I, like I said, I was a model singer, but I was severely depressed too. Um, like in my late teens, I went through a whole deep depression age and even was hospitalized twice uh, for that. So things weren't always bright and bubbly as I appear now, uh, which I'm very thankful that I found light. But a lot of it, I... I'm very grateful for the OCR community who, uh, I remember one of the racers told me, <clears throat> he said, you know, the girl who I see jumping over the fire at the end of a race full of smiles and happy, that is you. Yeah. This girl over here and referring to like my model photos and all that, this girl is not you. And the more I looked at it and obviously the more I grew out of it, that stage and looking back it is insane insane how much of a difference there is because I I even had a high pitched voice because that's what I thought people wanted from me like hi I'm about to go to shoot so get ready (laughs) for some great pictures (laughs) it's disturbing it makes me want to vomit when I listen to it (laughs) but yeah um yeah, it's crazy how much we can totally, uh, what's the word, ignore that that piece of us that is um, causing us to pretend to be someone we're not. And it seems and like, like that a lot of people... It's based out of fear. Yeah. A lot of people do that. They, they try and be what other people want them to be when that's really not who they are. And I mean, 
seeing, you know, cause I've seen, you know, you and other things and everything like that and seeing the smiles and everything I see of you when you're doing the Spartan races, that seemed real and genuine. And that's, yeah, that's awesome. Mm, yeah. No, it's, it's, a, it's a great feeling. And, and then plus it's, it's a great feeling to be around people. And this is why I was, I became fearless in telling my story and being open and vulnerable to this community because everyone has a story. Everyone has a past. Everyone has struggled, uh, big or small, that they're working through. And their vulnerability and their ability to be so open and honest with others allowed me to be that much more comfortable with expressing myself without fear of judgment or people bullying me. I mean, mind you, I did have that happen, but it's different when you have so many more people supporting you and backing you up than the haters who are, and and they're going to be there, than the haters who hate. And seeing the support from from the, the community support against the bullies is is the best part about it because you know you're always taken care of and you know people are always there to um, support you. And, and that's one of the things I've found in the OCR community that's amazing is the support you can get from people. I mean, it's... And not just that. I mean, the support you get from people plus like people like you that, not to sound bad, but, you know, being on Spartan Ultimate Team Challenge and everything like that, sometimes you can seem bigger than life and that you're you're a celebrity but when you meet you you're just you're a normal person you don't have that celebrity type attitude that you almost expect sometimes you're just like hi i'm laura and that's it it, you're not (laughs) yeah you you don't come out you know and i've met a few people in the ocr community that are like that you rose i mean that are just Mm. the nicest most genuine people and it's it's amazing so yeah i mean a majority, if not all, at least, like, for the girls' part, are just so sweet and so loving, and I love that. Even when you're racing, if you pass one or they pass you, we're always cheering each other on, you know? <laughs> and again, it's really weird, <laughs> but, yeah. um, especially when you're in competition, but whenever somebody passes me, I just say, hey, you know what? They trained harder than, than I did, you know? And good for them. You know, I'm really glad that they're pushing themselves. And that's what, you know, like I said, that's what's amazing in this group is, I mean, this OCR community is you get those people that the competition's there. You guys are competitive. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. it's like, especially the girls, and I've heard it from the guys too, is they have nothing but good things to say about the people that they're up against. It's never like, oh, you know, they beat me because they did this. It's like, no, you know, hey, they had a better day than me today. We'll see what happens next week. And Mm -hmm they're good and they, they encourage each other. You know, it, it's right. not the competitions there, but it's fun competitions. It's competitions. Hey, it's competitive for the fun of it. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's a great community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the groups that form from it too, like, you know, Spartansboro, uh, New England Spartans. Uh, I mean, I could go on and on with army and all them. It's just, it's great to see the community coming together to, create even around their home base that support system so that way when people travel they have people that they can room with or share a rental car or pick someone up from the airport and it's it's truly amazing i mean i i always know that somebody is going to uh be able to lend me a hand when i need it and vice versa you know i can never help them in any way i will always be there yeah, and that's what's you know amazing. Cause, I mean, we're part of the beast over here in Seattle, the beast OCR. But like mm-hmm. when I go to Vegas, usually I run with the Warrior State of Mind out of Utah because I've you know it's just it's another group. It's like the groups. There's groups, but it's like almost like we're all one giant group. But then there's groups within the group, and that's what's cool. Is, I mean, we still right. help each other out. It's never you know oh you're you're part of that group. It's like hey come on over right. here. You know your group isn't here because you're. On the other side of the country, come come run with us. Come, you know. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just, it's a great community. And that's what I love about, you know, OCR altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the same thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a great community. So I know, I was trying to think. I mean, you you found OCR, you know, just kind of by accident. I mean, what, how has OCR made you better as a person? It, it brought 
brought me back to life, I guess you could say. You know, it made me find who I am, which I've been searching for my whole life, basically. Like I said, because I was doing the, I call it chameleonizing, which yes. is whatever group I was in, you know, I would form to be whatever I thought they wanted me to be. If I was around people that liked rock music, I would love rock music. Yep. <laughs> if I was around people that were into math and thought it was fascinating. I thought math was fascinating um, because I wanted people to like me. And that was my main drive was to continuously have people like me. Even if it risked me not being authentic in who I was. Um, which it was the hard part coming home every day because after pretending to be somebody I wasn't all day long, and this is all like a subconscious thing. You're not always aware of it. Yeah. It's just a, a thing that unfolds as the day goes on. But you come home and you realize, I realize that I don't even know who I am. Who am I? And of course, who wouldn't get depressed over that? Because, again, it's a subconscious thing. Yep. So you're not aware of why you're upset or why I'm upset and why I'm going through all these emotions. But, you know, through years of therapy and through years of... Uh, Inpatient stuff, outpatient stuff, group, uh, YouTube, I mean, just my own studies as well. I was able to discover that it was just, uh, I wasn't being authentic and I was, I was not being me. And that's a big pull on your everyday energy. And, um, yes, it is. you lose yourself. So, um, I guess what I've learned is to, to be authentic, to be mean, to be honest, even if honesty hurts, and it's much rather, it's much, um, it's much better to be honest right away than to, to hold a lie and have to remember that lie for God knows how long. <laughs> yeah. So honesty no, is the best quality, I think. And the more honest, if, even especially with myself, the more honest I am with myself and calling myself out. And we, we all could do this too, you know, to call yourself out when you're going against yourself. Like say, say you're going to go to the gym three times a week and you only went once. Call yourself out. Call yourself out and make it a, make it an awareness and then how are you going to fix it for next week and actually set yourself up for success instead of just building it up as a failure and making you feel less of yourself. And then your actions show show how you feel, which is if you feel less than, um, it's going to show in your everyday life. And that's how we all have a hard time moving forward is because we're so stuck. Even if it's, a, again, it's a conscious thing yeah. in that feeling of failure. So um, and it's just calling yourself out of the bullshit, which is why I love the community because they're really good at calling me out of my bullshit. <laughs> oh, yeah, they are. And, I mean, that's what's, that's what's great about them. Is, I mean, it's one of those things It's like, I just, you know, did a, a podcast last week with one of the, the racers here in, you know, in our area, a guy that's part of the beast. And I was talking to him about working out and getting up in the morning. And he started texting me at 5.15 every morning. You're working out and holding me accountable. Amen. It's like you, you said you were going to yeah. start getting up at 5 and working out. You up? You working out? What are you doing? You know, and holding me accountable mm-hmm. to it. And, I mean, that's what's great about this yeah. community is people go out of their way to help each other. And that's what I love. I mean, it's... Mm-hmm. It's not an us versus them. It's or you know any of that. It's just like, hey, let's help each other. I mean, that's how it is with the races: helping each other over walls, helping each other get through the obstacles, and not nobody left behind. Help everybody, right? And that yep. that's amazing. And more importantly, help yourself. Yes, exactly. And, I mean, help yourself. But the one thing I found though is, in a lot of ways, helping myself goes a long way with helping other people. If well, that that's makes exactly sense. Exactly. It. It's like when you can help yourself to so say reaching out to somebody and saying hey you wake up at five in the morning can you text me at five fifteen every morning to make sure that i'm getting to the gym yep you know that's that's you asking for help and that's you getting that support that you need and in return they're going to fear, feel that much more empowered to get themselves to the gym to wake up on time because now they have an accountability to you to call or to text you at that time exactly um, so again, it does correlate with one another, but I think 
the first thing is, is when you feel good, you are much more easily able to take care of others exactly and that's it i mean it is i mean it all comes down to and i mean it's not being self what's the word selfless or whatever if selfish it's when you help yourself you're in better position to help others right yeah and there's there's a difference between um self-love and selfish exactly there's a huge you know, difference huge difference and i think people get that mixed up when they're trying to work on self-love yeah and that's where they get stuck and that's what I try to help people with is see the, see the difference there. Because it's not you being selfish. It's you taking care of you. It's you helping yourself. And that's ultimately what we need in our lives, you know, that, that self-love before you can even attempt to do anything else. Like when babies are born, you know, they, they don't thrive unless they're loved. Yes. You know? And I think that's a hard part for people, though, is a lot of times they feel... They feel selfish because when you try and do self-love, a lot of times you're taking away from some of the attention you might have given to someone else and the other people try and convince you that you're selfish. But right. those people right. aren't the ones helping you. If someone's, if you're trying to better yourself and it upsets somebody else, then there's a, they have a problem, not you. And that's the hardest part for some people exactly. to realize is that it's not, well, then- it's not you. It's yeah, it's them. And if they're coming at you like that, like, uh, you know, you're being selfish, for, for me, especially for bullies or people that are very negatively driven, um, I try to look at their situation. You know, what cause, what has them acting this way towards me? Yeah. So say, you know, if they're telling, say it's a spouse and she's telling the guy, you know, you're selfish for wanting to go to the gym every day when you could be spending time with me. You know, it's like, well, Okay, you could take that uh, and take it personally and feel like you're being attacked, or you could take a step back and be like, okay, why is she calling me selfish and calling me names like this? What has her feeling this way? What internally is going on for her? Why she's showing up like this to me? Yeah. And some, I mean, it could very well be a jealousy thing. You know, you, you more she feels like she you'd rather value the gym than her time. And that's something that through communication you are able to discover. But if both sides are barking at each other, there's, there's nowhere to grow in that. And that is so true. I mean, communication is in any type of relationship is the biggest thing. If you're, like you said, barking at each other, you're going to get nowhere. You have to have honest, true communication or you get nowhere. Right. Very true. And it's too often that, that feeling of, being attacked or the other person is against me is what causes people to break up, to split, to, you know, because they're not willing to step outside of that comfort zone to discuss things and to really show them why, why they feel this way. Okay, you tell me why you feel this way. Okay, now I will tell you why I feel this way. Yeah, no, very true. Um, And, yeah. All right, everyone, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back. Gray's Harbor Unders makes the performance-based layer clothing you want and need. Whether you work, hunt, hike, fish, run, or ride in the great outdoors. If you work up a sweat, Gray's Harbor Unders are for you because their unique dual-layer fabric removes moisture from your body and keeps your skin dry, even when the outer layer is completely wet. It's a base layer like no other. Get you some at ghunders.com. That's ghunders.com for the best performance-based layer you'll ever wear. And we're back. So, what do you have coming up? What's next for you? I mean, I know you've done, you were on uh, the Spartan show for the last two seasons, and I know you did Great Peak last weekend. So, what's next for you? Two weekends ago? Uh, Yeah. Next for me is, I'm going to be at City Steel, which is next month in April, and... I'm sticking, like I said in the beginning, I'm sticking to sprints this year. Mm-hmm. So sprints and stadiums, uh, no crazy long beasts or anything, because I'm just, I'm going towards my strength, which last year I wanted to get a triple trifecta, which I've never gotten, which is crazy, because I've almost been doing this for six years, and I had yet to get anything higher than a double. Did you get it? Uh, but 
I just hated, I, I hate beef, and I just hate that long, uh, yeah. long stretches of running. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I know what you're saying. So since last year, I kind of did what I wanted to do with that, and I'm sure Yancey, my coach for Yancey Camp, sure he wanted to rip my head off with my crazy schedule that was, you know, beast one weekend, then a sprint one weekend, then how about a super thrown in there, and then maybe a sprint again. Because um, you can't really train as well when your uh, distances are so diverse. Yeah. So, um, oh, yeah. so I'm sticking to state uh, to stadiums and sprints. So city field, and then after that, um, I shut Yeah, and then I'm going to Frontline OCR in Ohio, 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 Illinois, <laughs> um, and Tri-State Sprint Weekend. I mean, there, there's just so many. Yeah, it sounds um, like you got a lot coming up. Yeah. So I'm just really sticking to training and trying to stay more focused on that instead of just racing every weekend. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, so far has been working because I felt amazing at Greek Peak and only coming four minutes behind Tiffany Palmer, who is an absolute amazing athlete. And yeah. She's an inspiration to me. So being that close to her uh, really kind of sparked my fire to say, okay, what I'm doing is working. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you get the triple trifecta last year? I did. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I got last I year. Was, did, I did. Last year was my first year getting triple too. So, and this year I'm, I'm yeah. That's awesome. Oh yeah. See, it's different for me and you though. You're, you're healthy and in shape. I, I'm on the road to getting there. So I'm still trying to get there. Hey, the road is what's the best part. Yep. So You're on an amazing journey. Oh yeah. It's a blast. So the question I had too is, I mean, we talked a little bit about what got you into Spartan and we talked a little bit about what kind of gets you going, but what, what is the fire that keeps you moving every day that gets you out there to work your work so hard and to, to just get better constantly? Um, honestly, it is, I mean, besides, you know, my family and all that, um, fighting for them too, but I think deep down the real drive for any athlete is, um, is within themselves first to overcome that mental state that tells people they can't. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's, it's those times when I, I'm uncomfortable and I don't want to be there and I don't want to do it. And yet I still keep pushing forward and I realize that I'm capable of much more than my mind told me that I was. And to be able to experience that, and I think that's really the, the fire that's lit in every race even for athletes and participants because they, they cross that finish line the whole time before that finish line crossing. They're like, I can't believe I'm here. I don't want to be here. This is stupid. I am hurting. I, I've got bruises all over. And if they're not there yet, they're going to be. Uh, and then literally probably 10 minutes or even like a day after they cross that finish line, they're like, wow, I overpowered that voice and I pushed through. I finished when I didn't want to be there. And um, it just empowers you as a human being. So not only does it empower you there on the course, but it shows up in your life the exact same way. You know, you, you start believing that you can do these things that you didn't think you could, like write a book or, you know, get a promotion at your job or get a new job. Um and the more you do that, it's just like the more you, the more risks you take in life, the easier they become. Yeah. And so the more empowered you feel, the more it shows up in your life. And from my own experience, I've, um, the empowerment that I felt from overcoming that, not even just the races, but in training and in life, it's just showing how much more empowered I've become simply by doing it and by risking and and slowly starting to believe that I am capable of more and that I, now I don't question certain things anymore. I just know that I can do it, so why question it? Just do it. 
and that's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's the hardest part. Thing. That's the hardest yeah. part is getting to that part where you just believe I can do it. Um, it's like one of those things. I mean, a lot of people that listen to the podcast know, but in November I did a full marathon. Wow. Because I'm insane. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I don't know how much. It's you know, a huge achievement. Yeah. And I'm 250 pounds, so I'm not a small guy. And it was one of those mm-hmm. just things I told myself before my 40th I would do it. And I had so many people tell me that, like, you're not ready. You're not in the right shape. You shouldn't do this. This is not smart. They were probably right. (laughs) (laughs) But I did it anyway because that's just my mindset. It's like, cool, you don't think I can do it, but I think I can. And at that point, it just became like mind over, you know, like they say, mind over matter. If you don't mind, it doesn't matter. But And that's kind of what I did is I just kept going. I mean, even after I had two two friends that started the race with me one who was sick and not feeling well stopped at 13 miles and like i can't do this anymore i'm too sick this isn't gonna work and she stopped and you know exited the course and then my other friend made it 22 miles and i was like dude we're so close but at that point i was so mentally drained i couldn't argue with him i'm like okay dude if you want to quit you quit i'm 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 off i'm doing this myself and it was the most mentally draining thing. And that's what I think a lot of like Spartan had prepared me for. And a lot of the OCRs was that mental, that point when you get to an obstacle and you look at it and you're like, I can't do this. This isn't possible for me. But then you're like, but I'm going to go do it anyway because I want to. Right. And that's where a lot of that comes into. And I mean, it's just that telling yourself mentally that, yeah, I probably shouldn't be doing this i don't know if i can do this but i won't know for sure unless i go up there and try it and that's and then you know there are times where you do fail but it's it's seeing what you're capable of at that time and then developing that drive to want to better yourself for next time exactly and that that's how you have to look at failure and that's one of the things um you know i've learned from ocr and from the ocr community is when you fail most people look at it well i failed this sucks this is horrible And I don't look at it that way anymore. It's like, I failed. Okay, why did I fail? What caused me to fail? What can I do to make sure that when I do this next time that I won't fail? And failure to me is just, you know, it's an opportunity to learn. It means Mm -hmm. that there's something that I can learn from this. And if I don't learn from it, then it is a failure. But if I learn from it, Mm -hmm. it's just... It's a learning experience, and that's how you have to look at all of this. Everything's a learning experience. Every day is a learning experience. So, yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. It sure is. Blessing. Yes, it is. Oh, I was trying to think. Is there What else is there to – I mean, you're, you're obviously an inspiration. What, what words of wisdom would you have for any young racers, young women, young men, anybody coming up that tells themselves – or anybody is told that they can't do these type of races. What what kind of wisdom would you have for them? Well, I always like to refer back to um, my buddy Chris Davis, who is an amazing human being, and we've become really close. He he was involved in OCR in the beginning of my my journey through racing, and when he first did a Spartan race, I think he said he was like four hundred pounds maybe a little more. Uh, but when he started his weight loss journey, he was at 690-something pounds. And, wow. you know, being 400 pounds and even contemplating doing a race when you had just lost a lot of weight prior to that, um, you know, it's, it's a difficult thing to even mentally try to handle. Yeah. And, but you know what? He, he finished that race, and Joe DeSena saw him, too, and Joe DeSena actually invited him to Vermont to train him for 20 weeks and got him down to 270-something pounds or something like that. But the thing, the whole point is, is, here's a person who, you know, from an outside standpoint, you would say, oh, he can't do anything like this, or, you know, coming in at 400 he can't do this. There's no way. And he, he proved them wrong. And um, and I think for people who are questioning whether they are capable of doing a race like this, you just it, it's not about performing. 
And it's not about being the best. It's about you challenging yourself to the best of your ability. And maybe it's not even about the challenge. Sometimes it's just getting out and diving in the mud. (laughs) So I say for, for, for those who, you know, just, are afraid of doing any type of racing at all, then just have fun with it. Because it's, it's too often that we focus on a performance aspect than just having fun. I even go out for fun fun runs just to not be under pressure and just to enjoy it and hang out with friends and, you know, have a good laugh. And if you need help over something, you know, you either bring friends with you or, like you said, the community is so great. They want to help you do everything that they can. Exactly. And sometimes you meet some of your best friends out there. So why, yeah. why restrict yourself from gaining that? Well, and that's what's amazing because every year I, I start my year with Vegas for the last three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never gone with anybody that I know. It's always pretty much I travel mm-hmm. down there with my wife. She doesn't race, but she goes with me and supports me. And I go run it. And I have never once finished without a group, without friends. I somehow just yeah. along the way you meet people. And you help somebody over a wall, then they help you over a wall, and then you help them through something, and you just, by the end of the race, you're best friends. And and that's what's amazing in this community, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That is awesome. What's the gentleman's name that you said that lost all that weight? Because that's... Uh, Chris Davis. Chris Davis? That's amazing. I mean, I'm just trying to lose 50, and he lost a lot more than that. (laughs) So... Yeah, he's, he's an amazing person. And I mean, that's the one thing that I, I think a lot of people forget is no matter where you're at right now, it's, it's not the end of your story. This is just part of it. You can change the ending. Right. You can change mm-hmm. who and what you, how it's going to end. I mean, you've just got to be determined. You, you've got to decide right now that, hey, I'm not going to be this size anymore and I'm going to fix that. Mm-hmm. And then find ways to do it and then hold yourself accountable. I mean, and that's the biggest yeah. thing is you get a lot of people, you know, they always talk about the the beginning of the year and the influx of people into like gyms. And it's, you get a lot of people that start the gym and then don't make it after a month, but you still get that, that percentage of people that keep going, you know, and that's yeah. what's amazing is th- those are the people that I always find inspiring is the people that for whatever reason they had a certain type of lifestyle and then suddenly decided, you know, I don't want to do this anymore and bettered themselves. I mean, whether it be, you know, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be somebody who dealt with depression and was able to, to, to get rid of it by, or not get rid of it, but deal with it better by racing or working out or whatever, or somebody that was overweight that was able to work out and, you know, find better ways to eat and, do things to better themselves or, I mean, or even addicts that I was able to stop and do whatever. I mean, those are the stories that I find amazing is people that were able to better themselves, you know, right. and that's, yeah. I mean, someone who lost, I mean, what, you said he was, what, 400 pounds that he well, lost? When he did the race, yeah. Originally, he was 696 pounds, I think he was. Yeah. And you said when he went with Joe, he ended up being 270. So that's over 400 pounds that he lost. That's, I mean, yeah. I'm... I'm a big boy, but I'm only 260, so, you know, that's still big, and I need to do some work, but, I mean, that's that's inspiring to know someone who lost that much, and, I mean, just kept going at it. I mean, most people, not to sound bad, but at 690, would have given up. Like, well, this is how it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, because they find a benefit in, in being big. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's, it's crazy for whatever we do in our lives, no matter what it is. Even if we don't like it about ourselves, there is something we are benefiting from that is keeping us there. Yes. So, you know, like, say somebody's always late to work, but they get to work uh, at when, the, when the boss is there and the boss leaves 15 minutes, you know, before, or leaves 15 minutes after, before, no, after we, I, I'm supposed to get there, so I'm always 15 minutes late because I don't want to be there when the boss is there. Yeah. So, you know, like, that's the benefit, even though it looks really bad on your attendance, but you'd rather be that person that's always late than to be there when the boss is there. And so, and just even uh, drinking, you know, and it's, but you want to lose weight. 
but you love to drink. And, you know, although the drinking is not going to make you get your weight loss goals, you're benefiting because you're, you get to have fun and go out and party with friends. Um, so it's really, there's, there's always a benefit. Whatever you do, good or bad, it could be a bad benefit. It could be a good benefit. But there's always a benefit. So that's something, you know, for everyone, I think, to take a look at within themselves, especially if it's something that you say you don't want. Yeah. But this is the this is the result you're getting. So it's like, okay, if this is the result I'm getting, then how am I benefiting from staying where I'm at right now? And let's fix that. Exactly. Because if, if you don't digest your your struggles, you're never you're never going to get over them ever. It's the the deep dissecting part that cures it. It's very and true. So the reason why not a lot of people do it is because it is in that uncomfortable state, you know, outside of your comfort zone, where people don't want to visit because they'd much rather just stay comfortable with where they are because they know since they're living in it that they can handle that state. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's kind of it. It's, it's, people don't like what's not known. Right. So, yeah, if it's what they know and what they're used to, it's easy. They can deal with that. They know they can deal with that. You know, I mean, it's, you know, recently I switched jobs and it was one of the hardest decisions I ever made because I was used to where I was at, but the new job is exactly what I wanted. You know, I wanted to be in safety and teaching and all that stuff. Rather than being a boss, I hate being the boss, but mm-hmm. it was a hard decision to make because I was used to being the boss. Right. So, I mean, it, it makes sense. I mean, it's one of those things that you may hate it, but you're used to it and it's what you already know. So it's hard to change. And that's where people, right. I think, get stuck in their ruts, you know, and that's what, you know, we got to try and change to get better. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's that awareness that really gets you. Yes, it is. And calling yourself out of your bullshit. <laughs> yep, that's that's gonna be my theme right now. It's calling my calling calling myself out of my bullshit. And there's a lot of yep. it. Yep. <laughs> hey, we all got it. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we all got it. Trust me. I all have right. to call myself out every day. Yeah, but that's that's a part of growth. Calling yourself out and fixing it. So Yeah, that's why I say it. Recognizing, calling yourself out, and figuring it out. Yeah. And then better yourself. All right. Well, did you have anything else in closing that you wanted to say? or? Mm, well, just uh, live your life to the fullest. And um, yeah, life is, is always open and available to you when you are willing to take what it gives you. And Thank to see you. the blessings and all the things that happen to your life because it will come up as a blessing later on, no matter how difficult the times are. The, and I found the more difficult times, the better the blessing sometimes. Or well, so, down the road, even. Yeah. I mean, obviously, sometimes you don't see it in the given moment, but, you know, I always questioned why me whenever I was going through my depression state and I didn't even want to be around anymore. And now... Having survived that, it makes me feel that much more stronger, um, that much more powerful, and it is one of my biggest blessings to have gone through that and to experience that, even if it was the worst experience of my life. <laughs> yeah. Because so, I can now use it to better others. Which is good. And I mean, that's that's what's amazing is, I mean, using, using that to benefit others, uh, I mean, just what a lot of people... Have, I guess, I don't know how to say it. I mean, people don't think about that. I mean, you may have had bad times, but if you can use those bad times to help others, that makes it amazing. That makes it worth it. Yeah. So, perfect. Some of our biggest struggles are our greatest gifts. Very true. Very true. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for for talking. Do you have anything cool to say in closing? Not that I can think of. I mean, uh, (laughs) I've... I'm so happy to be able to talk to you. I mean, that was, I've been kind of, you know, it sounds bad, but I've been starstruck this whole time. I mean, I've met you in person and I mean, you are the most, you are the nicest, most genuine person. I mean, the first time I met you in person was, like I said, Hawaii. And it was, and I remember it perfectly. I was at the the spear throw and I'm on my boot and I went to throw it and I actually missed. 
and you looked right at me and you're like, you're in a boot. Don't worry. No one's looking. Just throw it again. <laughs> and it's, I wasn't looking. Yeah, it's like, no one saw it. Just throw it another way. You're fine. And it was just, it was the, the nicest, sweetest thing. It was just, it sounds stupid, but at that moment, it had been a long weekend for me because <laughs> I, I DNF'd oh, yeah. the beast. I DNF'd the beast because I couldn't move. I couldn't move quick enough. But that was the end of, you know, what, like the last quarter mile of the, the super. So I was beat. You know, it'd been a long weekend. And I mean, just, it was kind of one of those things you said that. And I'm looking at you going, that's Laura Messner. <laughs> like, I know who that is. You know, and then, you know, the next year I, I saw you at the, the Vegas super. Um, yeah. And it was just, it, it's, you're the nicest, sweetest person. And I mean, it's, that's what why I've always liked you. I mean, you're one of those people that everyone knows who you are, but at the same time, you, you're just, you're, you're you, you're, you're a nice, sweet, down to earth person. And it's awesome. And I just love that about I appreciate you. appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. So, Thank you so much. Oh, like I said, you're welcome. I mean, it's, and I love talking to you. Thank you for letting me, me sit down and talk to you for a bit and kind of nerd out. So, <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm sorry it took me so long to get back in touch with you. I was like, oh no. Oh, that's okay. So, it worked out. I finally got to talk to you. So, out. yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me and talking to me. And uh, hopefully, I'll talk to you again Bye. soon. Absolutely. All right. Thank we'll talk you. Soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You still there? Yeah. All right. All right. Perfect. Thank you. That was awesome. I think. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. That was awesome. Thank you. And yeah, uh, I had a blast. So, all right. Yeah. Always good for deep conversations. <laughs> yes. And like I said, I mean, I'm one of those ones. I, I like the journey. I, I like to talk about the journey because that's what I think a lot of people miss. I mean, you got all those people out there that are having a rough time of it. And to hear that not, you know, even someone like you have had a rough time that I think it changes their thoughts. So I, I love hearing the journey and right. thank you. Thank you so much. So. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you. We'll definitely talk soon. Let me know when it's posted, too. Okay, you got it. Perfect. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast brought to you by Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. You can find us on Facebook or at BeastOCR.com.